0: Welcome to An Architecture, episode 26. Tim and I have been pretty busy since our last episode went out, and we haven't had a chance to sit down and record anything recently. However, we do have a few episodes planned, and we will be back on the wagon pretty soon. In the meantime, I wanted to share an interview that I did on the Sounds Like Liberty podcast, where libertarians get together just to chat about music. Nikki P. and Lizzie are a husband and wife duo out of Cleveland, Ohio, and they have very diverse tastes in music, and an encyclopedic knowledge of bands from just about any genre and any era, although I think I was able to stump them with a few obscure jam bands from the late 90s. And Sounds Like Liberty is also part of the Launchpad Media Network, which has a variety of great libertarian shows that try to emphasize building more of a culture around libertarianism as opposed to just reacting to whatever the latest news cycle is. One show that I like on there is called The Last Nighters, where in each episode they break down a different movie from a libertarian perspective. And on all the shows in Launchpad Media, even if they are covering a news story, they really just try to have fun with it and joke around. So if you're tired of waiting for our next episode to come out or looking for some more libertarian podcast content, head over to thelaunchpadmedia.com. Nikki also has another podcast called Free Markets Green Earth, which looks at environmental issues from a libertarian perspective. So that's something that has a lot of overlap with the kind of things that we discuss, and we're hoping to do a collaboration on an episode sometime soon and I'll post links to that as well as to the original Sounds Like Liberty episode in the show notes which will be anarchitecturepodcast.com/26 As long time anarchitecture listeners will know Tim and I do all of our own music for the anarchitecture podcast so that includes our intro and outro music as well as the various musical interludes that we use to break up different segments of the episodes and we've actually got names for some of the ones that we use commonly such as the bad joke trumpet <laughs> and the uh uh-oh tuba, which are two that we try to use in every episode. As you may have noticed, these interludes all have a common theme where they pick up the refrain from our theme song, which is and in some cases we'll take a popular song that has a theme that's relevant to something that was just said and try to rework that so that we can end it with that refrain. So if you're like Nikki and Lizzie and are kind of a fan of music, you can probably go back to some of our old episodes and and try to pick out some of the inside jokes that we've done in these various interludes. And if you've listened to episode 21, which we did with the Friends Against Government podcast, after those guys started using that theme song that I had done, Nikki reached out to me pretty quickly to invite me on to Sounds Like Liberty. As you'll hear early on in the interview, Nikki and Lizzie are pretty big fans of the Friends Against Government podcast, and they really got a kick out of that theme song. And for anyone who hasn't listened to episode 21, I'll stick the theme song in here just before the interview so you know what we're talking about. As we discuss in the episode, Tim and I have been playing music and writing songs for a long time. We had taken piano lessons when we were young and then picked up guitar right around the time of the grunge revolution in the early 90s. And we formed a band with a couple of our best friends from high school. And our bassist from those days has moved on, but our sister had the good sense to marry a guy who happens to be an excellent bassist and so we've pulled a family card to Shanghai Hymn into our band. We've recorded two studio albums and one live album, which we discuss a bit in the episode. And I did take up Nicky P's recommendation to join DistroKid, which has enabled us to release our music on Spotify, iTunes, and pretty much any other music platform you can think of. And while I can't promise that their music's the same vibe you get from the Friends Against Government theme song, we do have a few songs that are probably of interest to libertarians and to other people who listen to our show. On our latest album, which is called Late to the Game, I wrote a song called Woulda, Coulda, Shoulda, which was inspired by Bitcoin's meteoric rise and the fact that even though I had known about it since it was about $4, I never bought any. Still haven't. Another song I wrote, which is on that album, is called Romance of Revolution. And that's sort of a pop punk song, which I call a protest song about the futility of protesting. And we do have a song on that album as well, which is a bit focused on the built environment, which Tim wrote when he was traveling in Marseille, France. And that one's called Hollow Shell. That's got more of a progressive rock feel to it. So if you want to check out our music, the best place to go is to our webpage, which is diametricband.com. And in fact, on our webpage, we have a few songs that you won't find on Spotify. And these are some cover songs that we played at our birthday, which was when we recorded the Late to the Game album. And as you'll hear in the interview, we barely practiced those six new songs, and we didn't practice these cover songs at all. But we had a few special guest singers up there, including some of our kids uh, and some other friends, as well as our dad and uncle. And longtime listeners of our podcast might recognize our dad's voice from the Citizen of Nowhere song on episode 7. So check out diametricband.com where you can stream those songs. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes for this episode. Just a quick not-safe-for-work warning. This is mostly a clean interview, but there are a few F-bombs in here, so... So if you've got kids in the car, and they're as innocent as my kids have stopped pretending to be, then this one might be better suited for headphones. So here's my intro to the Friends Against Government podcast, followed by episode 54 of Sounds Like Liberty. Sometimes you might feel trapped between the right and the left. No one listens when you say taxation is... best friends
1: welcome to the sounds mm-hmm. like liberty podcast there what uh, what are we gonna call you for the sake of this we what, what are you going by
0: just just call me joe that work call you joe Yep. joe from an architecture i suppose nice <laughs> and um, what is Anarchitecture? architecture so that is a podcast that i do with my brother who happens to be an architect um, he's an architect, and I'm an engineer. Um,
1: and Mr. So, Smarty Pants
0: over here. <laughs> <laughs> I try. So we, uh, we we talk about the built environment from the perspective of uh, libertarianism, ANCAP, whatever you want to call us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we cover uh, you know stuff like zoning, eminent domain. Um, any uh, you'd be shocked at the amount of heavy-handed well you probably wouldn't be shocked but the amount of of government regulation at all levels that that impacts sort of the the way that we build the world around us i wouldn't um, even be remotely surprised (laughs) yeah so um so we are trying to have you
1: ever looked at an nec manual
0: nec what's that
1: the electrical manual—it's all the codes that
0: you have to go uh, for the national electrical code.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, well, like, so I'm in Australia, and it's yeah, it's like whatever they've got in America, they've probably got it
1: three times thick.
0: Times. Yeah, it, it's also, you know there's like an exchange rate in the money; it's mm-hmm. pretty much like that same exchange rate on the regulations. <laughs> it's like you know everything's like thirty percent more pain in the ass. So, so why Australia? Uh, so my wife's from here originally, from from Adelaide. Okay, where I am. Yeah.
1: And you just said, honey, it sounds so great over there with all the oppression. Let's yeah. go back where you're from.
0: Yeah. No, nah, the way it happened was I was actually, I didn't really become sort of full-on libertarian until right around the time that I moved down here, um, which was just kind of coincidental because it was, it was 2008. It was kind of around the time of that whole Ron Paul thing. Um, and I think I was actually reading Ron Paul's book, like on the plane over to Australia. (laughs) Oh boy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I had read like the way I kind of came about to all this stuff was I had, um, I had read Atlas Shrugged when I was in college back in, you know, around 2000 and then it sort of, you know, registered, but, but I never kind of went whole hog on it. And, you know, I had some, some issues with some of Ayn Rand's stuff. Um, and then yeah, around the around the time of the whole Ron Paul thing. Like Tim had sort of been listening to some um, some libertarian stuff in New Hampshire, like on the radio. The, um, this guy named Gardner Goldsmith, uh, who had a radio show there. He's got
1: Gardner and in his so name. Tim, That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Um, so Tim Tim sort of came around to this stuff a bit earlier than I did, and he kind of he kind of said, Oh, hey, you know, check out the Mises Mises.org, check out the Ron Paul book. And so, uh, so I was sort of in that process at around the same time that I was moving to Australia. So, um, and then from there, you know, a lot of dominoes fell.
1: I imagine being in a place that's even more oppressive than the U S would be a little odd for that, that beginning transition when you first find, it's like when you're, when you're first transitioning and you're like really gung ho on the ideas and I imagine that's gotta be different. Not being in the United well, States,
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's weird because if you look at any of these like freedom, you know, the freedom indexes and stuff like that, where they rank different countries, Australia is always above the U.S. And I'm looking at, it I'm going, "What the hell is this? Like, where did they get this from?" Because it seems to me that it's just that it that there's no way that that Australia is is well, more free than from what the I US. what
1: I imagine, and uh, what happens a lot is that so in a lot of those countries, it, it boils down to economic reality. And the fact of the matter is, is um, because of how we regulate businesses, um, Mm. like our the the way we tax income for businesses, really, really affects our ranking. Like if if we did away, if we did away with the corporate tax, we would probably shoot way up. uh, Which is how, like how, why all of those um, Scandinavian countries are higher than us because.
0: Yeah, While they, they have generous states and the
1: high income taxes, they don't tax corporations. So they're really, really good for businesses. And, you know, it's kind of like a multiplier in that because businesses kind of multiply around the freedom, like the maximize the freedom for everybody by their sheer existence.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's it. Well, and that's the thing is in the U.S., there, it seems freer there, just, I think, mainly because of technology more so than any of the actual kind of legal. Um, situation. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, you've got like just with Amazon alone and Ubers and Airbnb and all this stuff. The, you know, I mean, I mean Australia is catching up on a lot of the stuff now, but, you know, for a while there, Australia was like 15, 20 years behind that kind of technology. Well, and, <laughs> and
1: I don't know what Australia specifically is like. One thing that the US does have also is that we have a lot of. A lot of open space.
0: Yeah. So oh, Australia's got plenty of that. deserts. <laughs> so, so, I know yeah, they so, the outback, so but. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that like, the landmass of Australia is basically the size of the continental US. And there's the population of Australia is like 20, I think it's like 24 million at this point, which is like the population of kind of New York City. And so, so you figure that you've got that many people spread across the entire landmass of Australia, but, but it's, it's, everyone's kind of crowded around into some cities along the coasts and there's just nothing in the middle that, you know, there's a bit of farming, um, in, in the sort of the Southeast and the, in the sort of the Eastern States, but, but out West is like the the whole state of Western Australia is just desert mm-hmm. and, and Northern territories, a bit like that too.
1: Interesting. And,
0: uh it's pretty uninhabitable up there. So what you've got out there is, is a lot of remote gold miners and and iron ore miners and stuff like that. So there's all these remote mines out there, but there's, there's nothing else around them.
1: Interesting. So one of the reasons I wanted to have, uh, have one of you guys on is because you penned one of my favorite songs ever. (laughs) The, uh, why don't you tell us about the Genesis of that song as a place to start.
0: Yeah, so I was listening. So I've been listening to the Friends Against Government for a while, um, since almost since they they first started. Carl was actually one of our first followers, like on Twitter, and so I was sort of he was sort of on my radar. He used to share our stuff early on, and uh, and I had I came across the Rollo and Slappy show. Uh, I think when they had Thaddeus Russell on, somehow that popped on my radar. And then I started listening to them, and around the same time, they had had I saw they had Car Camp as a guest, and I said, "Oh, I know who that guy is like he's, he's one of our Twitter guys." And so, uh, so I listened to that, and I found out he had this other podcast that they had just started with with Bird. Um, and so I've been listening to them for you know almost since they started. Um, and yeah, like those guys are just hilarious. They um, are hilarious. <laughs> and so around the time, so we had just been sort of talking to them about setting up an episode. And right around that time, they came out with an episode where they said they were looking for a new theme song They said, Oh, you know, we do all our, we do our music for our, our, um, podcast. And, and we've even recorded like episode seven of our podcast. We, we wrote and recorded a whole song just for that episode. <laughs> it's like, it's this James Bond spoof and we got my dad to sing it. So, so you know, it's got this kind of like, you know, the, the sort of Tom Jones, uh, you know, lounge crooner kind of, kind of sound. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so we're a little bit crazy like that. That we'll actually like record whole songs just for like one episode of a podcast. Um, and so, so I heard them looking for a for a theme song. I said, Ah, oh, I could probably help these guys out. And so, I I kind of slept on it, and, and literally that night, I woke up at four a.m. with this flash of inspiration. Going like oh, it's got to be like a, like a spoof on on 80s sitcoms <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I don't know if you've seen there's this thing on um, you can get it see it on YouTube it's called uh, Too Many Cooks and it's this it's this brilliant video where they they just spoof all the old kind of 80s theme songs and uh, and it's all tied together in this really clever way and so that was kind of in the back of my mind you know that's that's sort of a spoof thing and so I figured it had to be really like super cheesy so. Uh, so I figured if I went, I went full house, sort of like half full house <laughs> and then half cheers, <laughs> like the theme from That's, cheers.
1: And that is um, 100% that was, what that song is. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. like, like you, you it's, executed it's beautifully <laughs> cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have probably picked out those two songs to say that it reminds me of these two.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I had to, uh, so, so that was kind of the, the mission and it didn't take long. I, I was just lying in bed, you know, bye. By kind of 4:30 or 5 AM, I think I had the whole song kind of running through bum, my head. The <laughs> yeah. was I got, it so I, I I did. I recorded a quick demo of it um, with just like the you know bit of piano and but in the lead vocal, and I turned it to and said, "Hey, what do you think of this?" I said, "Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool." You know, yeah, see what you can do with it. And so, so I figured like it had to be completely overproduced if it was going to be a real thing because it was. Yeah, just the, the, so almost just for the irony of it, because, you know, their podcast is, I don't know if underproduced is a thing, <laughs> but if there's anything that's underproduced, it's their podcast. And so I figured, okay, this has to be like completely over the top, you know, horns, strings, all this stuff. And so, you know, I, I just dealt all the sounds in my, I've got a keyboard that does all that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I did, just pulled it all together and, and did all these, I think I had something like, Forty tracks of audio that I used to, to put that whole thing together, and all these different backing vocals and everything.
1: Which, for and, anyone uh, who's not a musician, and for what yeah. this is used for, that is an obscene number of tracks. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you record live drums for it at all?
0: No, no. That, those are those are just sequence and I use a voice. Well, out of my, uh,
1: and that's voice. and that I think that was my point. So, if you didn't even multi-track drums, that's insane. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's mostly vocals because I just I just layered on the vocals. So I did, you know, I, it was four part harmonies, and then each part had had two voices doing it. Um, I was I was I, to-
1: I was in a metal band for a while, and uh, we had did this record, and I recorded all my own vocals, and yeah. I I sent them out to the engineer, who promptly emailed my guitar player and asked him what the fuck he was supposed to do with all of these. Twenty five <laughs> layers of vocals, yeah. But it was yeah. all that's you know double tracking each each vocal part, and you know there's some yeah. deep five part harmonies in some of the sections, and yeah, and then you got to yeah, divvy up the different styles of singing into parts.
0: Yep, yeah, and it doesn't take long. Like with the friend, the, the Friends Against Government thing too, I think I did a custom, like some kind of different voices on some of the things too. Like I did the um, well, it's that first part which is meant to be. Like a spoof on Michael McDonald. You know, he's <laughs> the guy from the Doobie Brothers. It's like, you, you don't know me, but I'm your brother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I know Michael Which McDonald. Is, yeah, I mean, come on, who doesn't? We're Yacht doesn't Rock people you. over here, so.
0: <laughs> we were just discussing, um, we mentioned this in the end, because we did a sort of intro. We released that, that Friend Against Government episode on our feed. We did a little intro to it. We were talking about this, and we, we were saying how uh, Michael McDonald is really the godfather of rap because uh, that song um, oh. was it? The Nate Dogg and Warren G used, Regulate, used to yeah. really sampled him on Regulate. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: Oh, so <laughs> I, I I am guessing you've never watched the the net the web show Yacht Rock.
0: I didn't know it was a web show. Like so, there's a, we we cracked a joke about that, and I, I, I think because uh, I've seen. I don't, I've just heard stuff about about yacht rock on um, okay on YouTube I, or whatever. I
1: will but, send you the links. There is a web show. Yeah. You can probably watch the whole thing in maybe forty five minutes. It's like twelve episodes. Yeah. The entire thing follows a fictional best friend relationship between Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald. <laughs> in like in and it just features all of the soft rock of the seventies. Like Steely Dan uh, makes an appearance. Yeah. Um, and I can't, I don't know when. I don't know when it was recorded, but mm. it, uh, <laughs> the whole show, like, it has, like, Doug Benson, um, yeah, Wyatt yeah. Sinek, like, all these, like, comedians. Uh, What's it? Chris Geffords, otherwise known as, uh, who's the guy who did the sailing? Yeah, Christopher Cross. Yeah.
0: Oh, Christopher
1: Cross, yeah. He, he, like, he he appears in what, is episode two, and he saves everybody with his song "Sailing." <laughs> He's played by Justin Royland of uh-huh. Rick and Morty fame.
0: Uh, okay, yeah. See, I've never even got into that. I I just I don't watch anything these days. Yeah,
1: but the the whole <laughs> thing is, is you're watching like Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald's Michael McDonald be best friends in the '70s, and yeah. it's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so
1: well here's a question so i know i i obviously i know you from the friends against government podcast and writing yep. the cheesiest cheesiest song i've ever heard in my life what actually are your <laughs> musical tastes though
0: <laughs> yeah um uh, look i mean i'm i'm all over the place uh i mean i i don't think i don't really i don't really do it by genre um i'm more so like i've been my brother and i've both been writing songs since we were like 14 you know so we've been playing music since we were uh well piano lessons from age six on and then kind of guitar guitar around age 14 like during the whole grunge revolution thing um and we've been writing music and playing since then um so the main thing i look for in music is is just good songwriting and and i don't really care like what genre it is or what it sounds like you know so for example like i'd say that like Fish and Tool to me have more in common than like Tool and Creed do or than like Fish and Strange Folk do or maybe I should also say Fish like Early Fish and Fish post sort of <laughs> 2002 so <Sorry>, you're, you're, <laughs>
1: you're, you're acting as if fi- you're acting as if
0: Fish <laughs> writes songs uh, they did at one point
1: <laughs> yeah it was called A Picture of Nectar and it all was downhill after yeah. that
0: that's pretty much right, yeah. But
1: how do you go from a picture of nectar and like, and then give me run like an antelope?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Whatever.
0: Yeah, I know so, some of this, and, and even some of the stuff on like Rift, like the Rift album's not bad. There's good stuff on there. There's good um, stuff on
1: all of them, but like, I don't, yeah, eh.
0: but. But it's it, yeah they just they just they were just dialing it in, at, in at, a, at a point you know I, I think what they did is they sort of sold out to to the fans where it was like instead of creating you know complex interesting music we're just gonna do stuff that's easy to jam on and then we're just gonna like, like we're, we're so good at doing this this improv jam never thing. Never
1: ever saw the northern yeah. lights, never really <laughs> heard a cluster of flies. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know why that album uh, even happened, frankly.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. They, they're, uh I I stopped listening to them after. I think the Hoist album was the last one that I sort of gave them any okay. any, uh, any any rope.
1: <laughs> In fairness, <laughs> that, I did like. actually like their most recent album, but
0: I started. Is that the one? that's like the Big Boat or something? Uh, Fuego oh, is what
1: I'm I that sure was, maybe they've had one since then. Even I don't think so, but.
0: I, I was wondering, been. like, so I, I was just looking them up on Spotify the other day, and yeah, there's this one called The Big Boat, which was like 2016, and I listened to half of it, and it's sort of, I don't know, it's there's there's probably a couple of decent tracks on there, but but they're just dialing it in, you know, they're they're not, they're just not trying anymore. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, you go back, and you listen to like Stash and all that kind of shit, like that was yeah, interesting music.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they were totally doing something new there, you know. So, uh, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, be, beyond say fish and tool, <laughs> I would say, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, we got into all kinds of, you know, all, all the classic rock stuff. Are you guys big Queen um, fans? Nah, never got into them. So um, that's a little
1: surprising based on like th- some of the stuff you've said.
0: <laughs> I, I think I've just never really, it, it just never really came across my radar. You know, there's some stuff like that. So like, like they might be giants. I got into them a bit when I was in.
1: College. Yeah, so um, yeah, yeah, I don't know how you missed Ween. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like literally, one of the the, re- the reason I really it really surprises me because like when you you talk about like the songwriting i, I side of it, there's an yeah. interview I actually read with them, and they asked them why do you guys record everything with eight track, you know, with eight track players, and that's what you. Do. Yeah. And it, and he said, well, because it forces us to write better songs because we don't have the ability to produce them to perfection, so you have yeah, to start yeah. from a better place. Like you can't just. Write a mediocre yeah. song and make it sound great. You actually have to have a good song, otherwise, it goes nowhere.
0: Yeah, you can't just be like, "Oh, we're gonna add some some moogs here or something like that," and then that's gonna give it the sound that it needs. It's like, well, but that's not the songwriting, is it? <laughs> you know, it's like it's like if, if it's a song that deserves that, then great. But uh, I work yeah, from the yeah, exact
1: opposite place. I'd rather it sounds cool. <laughs> and I could give a shit if it's
0: a good song. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of. I kind of go both ways. I mean, I, I I like I like writing a good song that kind of just stands on its own but at the same time you know I'm I'm totally like I'm the keyboard guy that just wants to put every sound into the song you know <laughs> I'm like oh I've, I've got this this uh, you know some some xylophone sound on my keyboard let's try to stick that in somewhere you know?
1: yeah, xylophones but, uh,
0: nice yeah um, we, we've done like we, we've got this one track um so we've we've got a band that we've you know, we've been playing since uh since we we're about 14 15. How does that Um, work? Are you guys both
1: in the same spot someplace
0: else? When I say say that we've been playing, I mean, we started playing then and we occasionally play now. uh, And we don't really play together. So we had, um, we actually, I I went over there in October of last year, which was our 40th birthday. And um, we did, uh, our whole thing for our birthday was like, okay, we want to get the band back together and like play one show. And, And we actually learned uh, six new songs in a three hour jam session. And then we played them at our birthday party for everybody. <laughs> and so, uh, we, we, which was pretty cool. It was a really good time. And we recorded it. It's on our, um, so we've got the, the band right now is called diametric. And so we've got diametric band.com and we've got this on the website. Um, it's called the albums called late to the game, which is a line from one of the songs. And, um, yeah, it, it was a good time. Um, we played we played those kind of five or six songs. You know, we kind of pulled it off, and then um, and then we played a bunch of cover songs that we just had not practiced at all. And, and some <laughs> of these songs, I've I've only heard maybe three times. Like we played this one, Bill Withers tune that I've heard maybe three times in my life. Um, but you know, it, it came together. It, it was what it was. <laughs>
1: nice. That sounds like yeah. a party.
0: It does sound like uh, a yeah, party. Yeah, it, it was a good time. Um, yeah, and, and, and you can hear the tracks on, on the web page. So, awesome.
1: Um, but
0: we have we have tried to to do some recording over the years. We we, we gigged a bit when we were in in high school, uh, mostly just playing stuff like um, uh, you know school talent shows. And there, there was some, like a coffee house thing in town that we would play at. Um, uh, there was a few other events that would play around town. Um, but then once we all went to college, we pretty much stopped playing live just because we couldn't get our act together to actually practice and play. But, um, for a little while we were living. So my brother, my brother and I, who both play guitar and keys and sing, um, and our drummer, uh, we were, we had a house or an apartment together in Manchester, New Hampshire, and we were living there for a couple of years. And at that time, our drummer got, got the Roland V drums, you know, the, the electronic drums. I like so, got,
1: got a set right next to me.
0: Yeah. They're, they're fantastic for recording. And so, especially if you're in an apartment, you know, cause you can't, <laughs> you can't really play drums in an apartment unless you've got something like that. So, so we are actually, we, we set some stuff up and, and we started tracking. Uh, we recorded eight songs at that time, which became the album, which we've now got out, which is called cities of sand. Um, and again, that's on that website as well. dot Um, And so that stuff is really, I think, our, that's like our our kind of uh, flagship album, I guess. Um, That's really probably some of our better songwriting and and the production on it's really good. Um, Awesome. Yeah.
1: Hey, how's it going? Nikki P here. Want to support the show or just give a big middle finger to Patreon? Consider stopping over to supportSLL.com. Members of the Freedom Choir get access to the private Facebook group and actual physical merch. Want access to the unedited raw interviews as they're recorded way before they're released? It's in there. Is that not enough? And you want membership to Freedom Song 365? It's in there. There's even monthly bonus swag for top-tier supporters. So head on over to supportSLL.com. Help Liz and I get to libertarian functions and even just cover the costs of making the show. If I'm not a good enough salesman, how about this? Support my mom and dad and sounds like liberty. Go to supportSLL.com. You heard her, folks. Join the Freedom Choir at supportSLL.com. Where do people go and find your guys' music? Well, he said um, the diametricband.com. I know. I'm trying to get him to repeat it. (laughs) (laughs) The
0: diametricband. I'm trying to force his
1: hand on this.
0: (laughs) I I did set up a a thing on Bandcamp too, but I haven't put anything up there yet. So I'll I'll do that at some point.
1: You got to go through DistroKid, man.
0: Nothing. DistroKid?
1: Yeah. Uh, DistroKid is how I'm doing all of my my stuff from here on out because it's uh, relatively affordable. and like I, I, think I pay, I pay maybe 120 a year or something like that, and mm-hmm. I have up to 10 artists that I can release unlimited music under the names. Okay. So it's pretty sweet, and the distribution's cool. good. Everything's got to be on Spotify or you don't
0: exist. Yeah, yeah, so I was going to say does that get you onto Spotify if you're doing that?
1: Everywhere. Spotify throws you up on YouTube and Google Play. Although I have one album I got to find out. I can't find it on on YouTube and it's upsetting to me. I'm wondering <laughs> if it's because like we're so something.
0: Yeah, I don't know that they're on to you.
1: Right? I probably Oh no, I probably said something that like got me MeToo'd. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, so what's the uh, what's the best concert you've ever been to?
0: I don't know. I've been to a lot of good ones. Um, Rub it in, why don't I, you? Th- <laughs> <laughs> I've been to so many good ones that there's just there's just no one that stands out. No. Um, I think one that one that I saw was which was really kind of stands out was I saw Moonboot Lover in Boston. This is probably around 2000, 2001, um, Just at a little club. And I don't know. Have you guys heard of them? Nope.
1: what, what, what uh, is this? David Bowie tribute. Moon,
0: moon boot lover. No, it's it's um it's basically uh sort of soul R and i I'm in. They they sort of travel, or, or at least back then, they, they sort of traveled in the in the sort of New England or Northeast kind of jam band scene. Right. Um, but um, but the the main guy I can't remember his name. He's just he's just crazy. And um, like watching him play live, when I was sitting at that show, I'm looking at him, watching this guy. I'm going, man, this, this must have been what it was like to see like Jimi Hendrix play. Like he's just that into the music. He's just, he's just that sort of um, consumed by it. And and he's just not. And, he, and he's a good good musician. He sings like his voice can can sound like um, almost like Al Green. You know, he's got the kind of he can kind of do that falsetto thing, but he can also kind of just, just rip it out and do a rock song yeah no they're really good um their album which album uh what's it called it's got alien vacation on it is, is one of the songs um I'm trying to think of, uh can
1: you just say alien vacation
0: yeah alien vacation is the first track I'm on, on board. the album yeah, yeah <laughs> no, it's a good song it's, it's, it's all about how how where a vacation site for the aliens <laughs> oh nice yeah um no but but they're they're great um yeah and and seeing them live like they're crazy. Um I also saw we saw Tower of Power live at uh, Hampton Beach in New Hampshire a while back. Mm-hmm. And um you know they're just a force to be reckoned with and you know seeing them live I was sitting there watching them and I'm going man like you could watch something like this or you could go see like a DJ spin record somewhere like at a dance club it's like you know that that's not the real thing. Like this is, this is real music right here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like the, the amount of musicianship and, and sheer energy that those let's guys Let's not,
1: do let's not discount of. all DJs because,
0: uh. <laughs> because
1: there's always goldfish.
0: It's just a different thing. I don't, I don't even know what that is. that like an EDM thing?
1: Uh, goldfish. Th- I mean, they're I don't tough. even
0: know what EDM is to they're be honest with you. I've, I've heard you guys talk about it. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, Goldfish is well, it's one of my daughter's favorite bands, believe it or not. Uh, but they're a are <laughs> a South African band. They're a South African DJ duo. I okay. the first time I heard them was on a Kia Soul commercial. it Was their song <laughs> Fort Knox, and it was like this really catchy bumping song that the uh, what do you call the hamster was bouncing to. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was totally way into it, um, yeah. but what's interesting about them is that they're they're a DJ duo, um, but like the one guy plays live plays live saxophones and flutes, and, okay, and the other guy plays like live upright bass and piano for their sets. Yeah, and so it's this weird and, and like the 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 music is like old 30s and 40s jazz inspired dance music. <laughs> So it's just,
0: that's cool.
1: yeah. I, I, While well, I do think that you can totally just be a boring DJ and make stupid <laughs> electronic music, there are people out yeah. there like doing interesting things with that. You know, yeah. they, they treat no, it like cool. they treat it like music, just a different type of music.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, I like stuff like um, Afro Celt Sound System, um, or I think they call it just the Afro Celts, which is where they take. Um, sort of African music, Celtic music, and then sort of like electronic dance. Um, and and again, these, like all the music I know is from like 20 years ago. So like if, if I'm saying any of this in any of the stuff and you haven't heard of them, it's, they're just old. And uh, you're
1: not that much older than me, bud.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, but uh, like those guys, those guys have some pretty cool stuff, um, and and I can get into some of that stuff. I'm I'm not knocking that whole genre altogether. I'm just saying, like you know, that there's there's live music. and He's then throwing hot takes. You know. is
1: what he's saying. <laughs> he's here <laughs> to pick a fight, and I I'm, I'm all about. You I was know, gonna fights, say you pick. love it. You love getting catty. Come on now. I do. Yeah. That's that's know, my I favorite part to about Tom Woods' show is that he's not above getting catty. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I guess my my challenge to anyone then who wants to who wants to go up against me on that one is just go to a Tower of Power concert and, and I think you'll see what I mean. <laughs> All
1: right. So
0: yeah,
1: how does uh, I mean? You, obviously, you still uh, perform when you can. How does like music, mm-hmm. like broader music, fit into your life? You know, obviously you've you've got to seem like you have a pretty busy life. It's not you're you're an adult. You've got a job. You got a career. You have a podcast. You have a you know. A
0: wife, yeah. Um, Take up time, right? I mean, these days, the 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 sad thing is, it's probably the podcasts that take up, you know, my music listening time these days. And uh, I think I I should probably just cut back on the podcasts and try to uh, inject more music into my rotation. Um, Or you could just tell
1: people to listen to more politics and music podcasts. Wink, wink. That's true. I could do it. yeah
0: um but we, we've just got spotify like the family plan like two weeks ago and so so i've started listening to the more stuff on that i think what i'm gonna do is is make a rule that like after dinner no podcast just music it's and uh, you know when, when i'm doing the dishes or something like that and then that way it kind of you know settled me down to for bed and then Um, I'm also kind of catching up on all my music there. I do think Um, Spotify,
1: like as far as like finding new music is probably the best tool out there because it does the stuff that a lot of the other music, music companies do, but it does it way better. And I put Spotify off for a long time myself. (laughs) And when I finally bit the bullet, I'm like, I I really should have done this sooner.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 and I mean, for me, it's it's more about finding, just catching up on old stuff that's like, like, oh, I, sh- I should have listened to this a long time ago. Like, so Marvin Gaye came out with this new album like a few weeks ago, which was, it's not all, it's not, it's all stuff that's been released before, I guess, but they put it out as a new album. And I'm like, oh, cool. New Marvin Gaye album. I got to check that out. And then I'm like, hang on. I've never actually sat down and listened to What's Going On, like as a full album. It's a really, it's like, really good album. I have no integrity, you know? So so yeah so we got on Spotify and that was like the first thing I put on was was, was going on nice um,
1: that's a heck of yeah. a first album to listen to in any medium <laughs> yeah.
0: And and uh, you know so and then I'm like oh you know there's all this other soul stuff I got to get into you know, some Bill Withers and some
1: do you listen to uh, any Sam of the any of the more modern soul stuff
0: I I liked that one there was one that you guys mentioned a few weeks ago that that French guy uh, Alexis something okay Alexis and, Evans um,
1: this is pretty good yeah. That, that was
0: pretty good like he really hit that that kind of sound oh for sure um, which, which is which is pretty interesting St.
1: Paul and Broken uh, Bones is actually one you'd probably get into if you're into yeah uh, he's uh, I do like um, he's more of an Otis uh, Redding kind of sound though okay yeah um,
0: I've, I've, I've I like uh, Wolfpack
1: Oh Everyone yeah, likes uh, you know,
0: Wolfpack. Yeah, they're just they're just cool and, and they're shithead know. musicians too.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on flute solo. What the heck is this? <laughs> it's not a flute solo. It's a oh it's piccolo. A, solo. No, it's a clarinet. Oh clarinet. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that the, their song uh, "Back Pocket" I love for no other reason than it has.
0: It has like actual clarinet, clarinet like a music, duet, a duet kind of solo in it. Yeah, it's
1: like a two or th- like a two yeah. or three clarinet section, and you don't hear clarinet <laughs> music anymore. That was so awesome! Uh, it Comes out of nowhere. It's a
0: cool, it's a cool instrument though. Like like in the right context, it, it, it's really well, cool. It's, the, it's almost like,
1: and I'm a it's sax- almost got
0: that saxophone kind of sound. Well, but...
1: But not quite. Well, for the, so many years, I mean, you think Benny Goodman was a—he was a clarinet player. That's—he led his band yeah, as right. a clarinet player. It's—it it has its pedigree as far as like an instrument being used yeah. as a lead instrument. I mean, definitely,
0: but, definitely back in that big band period too. Like with Duke Ellington, yeah. Duke Ellington, he'd use clarinet on leads and stuff too. Yeah,
1: and it's just—it's so—it's anachronistic because we don't get use it very often anymore. Yeah and it's i i always liked it because it is such a uh, it's it's a sound like a saxophone but it doesn't carry the the power or squelchiness that you're capable with on a uh, on a saxophone like yeah. you, you can get dirty on a saxophone yeah like it's you know <laughs> clarinet i don't i don't find as easy to get dirty on
0: yeah yeah so, yeah you got to really focus on your your melody and um you know, just get a cool sound out of it so, yeah. no, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the clarinet, it's, you know, properly used.
1: I think any instrument used properly can be a, 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 a useful yeah. instrument. Yeah. Aside from maybe, um, what's her name? Uh, Britney Spears. I don't think that instrument <laughs> has a real place. <laughs> she should yeah, have just been yeah, Christina Aguilera. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, all right. Um, where are we at, Liz? What, what's a, What's the next one we usually ask? Uh, soundtrack moments.
0: Oh, soundtrack moments. Yeah. So, um, so I don't know if I want to go with. So I could go with you know some song that reminds me of something. But I think what I'm going to do. We had a. Uh, so when I was when we were in high school, I think we think our senior year of high school. Um, we had a couple friends that died in a car accident. Ooh, heavy. Um, yeah, and that night we were scheduled to play to play a show at this at this coffee house, um, and we were all like, you know, geez, do we do we play? Like, is that respectful? Like, what, what do we do? And um, and we decided to play the gig, um, and it actually turned out to be really cool because it just gave people a place to come out and sort of. I don't know, just, just kind of be together and, 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 I don't know if commiserate's the right word, but, um, you know, it, it, the whole thing was, was kind of solemn and somber and, um, but you know, it, it, we had some other friends there that played too, and they got up on stage and played a few things and, and, you know, it was just one of those sort of things where, where it was all about just kind of getting people together and, and giving everyone sort of a place to go. And, um. That was a pretty pretty powerful musical moment for me, I guess. Yeah. I imagine that um, would be. Yeah.
1: Anytime people um, are dying, it's gonna carry some weight.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't have yep, many people right. dying in my world.
0: Nah, nah. Well luckily since then it's been it's been pretty good uh, for us as well. But um, we, we we had another show we played, which was uh, a graduation party for, for a private school in New Hampshire. And it was on this, it was on like a, a mountaintop in, in Vermont somewhere. And uh, it was like this, some, someone's family owned this like farm on this mountaintop in Vermont. And uh, they had us playing there. There was this ska band called Big Lick, which was playing there, which they were kind of a big ska band in Boston at the time. I like the name. And um, yeah, the, uh, so we, we were up on stage and the party ended up getting busted. And, like, some neighbor called the cops because, like, you know, some band was playing too loud or something like that. You know, I don't know. Um, so, so the cops come. And, of course, there's all these underage kids. And the parents had actually, like, bought bought kegs for the kids. So, like, the parents at this place had actually, like, su- like supplied alcohol to to the whole party. Oh, jeez. And, um, and so the cops came. And it was this whole thing. They're breathalyzing everybody and all this stuff. And um, of yeah, course, that, we that's were back
1: in the era where that wasn't a big deal, though, either, isn't it?
0: Uh, well, it, it, it made the papers <laughs> like, like this. This thing. Uh, yeah. The, the parents got in a bit of trouble. Um, but uh, the great part was as soon as the cops showed up, we started playing. Uh, I fought the law like the clash version Oh, geez. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, that, that was that was a pretty good, uh, pretty powerful moment for us as well. Um, But the the cool thing too is is that we were like, you know, the cops are coming around. Oh, you know, we're breathalyzing people. Like, oh well, well, we're we're the band. You know, we're not we're not part of this. (laughs) (laughs) Part of this party. We're just a band. So, okay, okay, you guys.
1: I'm getting paid to be here, man. (laughs) I don't I don't know what's going on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So that reminds
1: me of I used to work at a beer distributor, and I'd sit and I'd package cases all day of like. The beer that got fucked up in transit. And <laughs> I always wondered, well, there's no way if I get pulled over on the way home, a cop is going to believe that I'm not drunk off my ass.
0: <laughs> I just
1: literally smelled like a brewery. There you go. Yeah. And you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm officer. I just, I work with this stuff. I really should have taken <laughs> advantage of that and just gotten loaded all the time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, right on. Well... That brings us to the big one, Liz. Yep.
0: Mm.
1: Five albums, my friend.
0: Yeah. So I, well, uh, oh, I've been pulling my hair out over some of this. Um, just not because I can't think of any, but you know, again, it's think one of these too many. Words.
1: Narrowing it down, and
0: yeah, trying to narrow it down. Um, I'm going to go with some that I think people probably haven't heard of, um, but that were pretty, pretty instrumental for me, kind of my musical development, sort of the stuff I really got into. Um, and again, this is all stuff that's 20 years old Just because I haven't listened to any new music Since then, pretty much <laughs> um, So uh, So my first one is A band called God Street Wine um, Their album, $1.99 Romances um, And they, this was These guys are probably one of the most influential Bands for me uh, In terms of songwriting and stuff um, Back back when I was in high school They're, they're pretty much a jam band <clears throat> But they're they're very much focused on on kind of songwriting and um and they're just they're just solid um and, and this album dollar ninety nine romance is is really good it's it's kind of you know stylistically they they hit a lot of different notes um and uh they're yeah they, you know good good singing good good composition good good um guitar playing good good keyboards and all that stuff um so that's one to check out um. Number two, I'd go for Rustic Overtones," their album. I'm torn between two of their albums, so "Rooms by the Hour is really good. The one I'm going to go with is "Viva Nueva," um, which was this was I think it was the album they did. I think they got signed to some major label, and then this was the, uh, the album they put out on that. And it's just like the first six tracks are just like super funky and um like these guys yeah these have you heard of rustic overtones i have okay yeah so they're i mean they're they were kind of like they've always been on the forefront of kind of what's happening in music like they were doing kind of the ska rock thing before that was a big thing and then once like no doubt came out you know these guys had moved on to more of a funk rock kind of sound um and then this this album is just kind of they really they really matured and, and um um, yeah, you know they've got horns. They've got this album's got some synthesizer stuff on it, which is pretty cool. Um, and it's just just really kind of hard, heavy, driving funk tracks. Um, and but but they're also really eclectic with with their songwriting, and, and you know they'll they'll do some pretty experimental stuff as well. Um. All right, my next one is a band called Thanks to Gravity, which is a is they're from name? New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, I think the way I would describe them is sort of avant-garde prog rock, I guess, which they, they've definitely got their own sound. So the lead guy plays um, acoustic guitar, but also violin. Um, and, you know, he does all the songwriting stuff too. Um, but they've also got, they're, they're also pretty synth heavy. And, um their, their stuff is, is just cool so their album uh slingshot is probably the best one to to listen to first to, to get into them um and it's sort of a retrospective of some of their earlier years where they, they kind of came back to the studio and re-recorded a bunch of tracks that they had recorded previously um it was sort of the album that they put together you know to get them noticed by like a major label um and i think they may have gotten signed by someone at one point but then um, they put out kind of one album, like all, all the bands I listened to in high school went through the same arc where like they were, they put out some great stuff. And then like, they finally got signed by, by some record company. They put out one album on that thing and then they broke up, you know? <laughs> and and then maybe a few years later, they got back together and put out some kind of crappier albums <laughs> after that. Um, and that's definitely the case with these guys. Um, but, uh, yeah, their, their album Slingshot's uh, pretty good. It's, um, uh, yeah, if if you like prog rock, I think I think you can check these guys out, and and you'll like you like their sound.
1: Nice, I'm into it. Yeah, and I like synthesizers yeah. a lot, so I was sold the many synth yeah. synthesizers.
0: Yeah, yeah, these guys are, do some pretty cool synth work. The um, so
1: synth's cool name, Prague.
0: Yeah, Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Let's try. Um, so next one, I'm gonna get dip my toes back into the uh, the jam band a little bit with a band called Percy Hill. Um, and they're also from New Hampshire.
1: Interesting. Um, I've never heard of them.
0: So, so their album "Color and Bloom" is is just phenomenal. Um, and again, it's it's got that kind of jam band vibe to it. But but this this album, like if you listen to some of their earlier stuff, it's like oh yeah, that's a jam band. This album is really more, um, like I think there's some jam bands that are more kind of grateful dead influenced, and others that are the sort of a segment of them that are more kind of Steely Dan influenced. And um, I've and, never like, God thought about Wine. that,
1: but I like that idea.
0: God Street Wine is one of them. Like they've got they've got a couple tracks that could be like on a Steely Dan album. Um Percy Hill, this album Color and Bloom is definitely like a Steely Dan influenced um album. Um it's their I think it's their first album with um Aaron Katz, who he had been in some other bands. Um but he his songwriting is um is just a bit a bit different. He, you know. Again, it's real funky, um, and uh, what's his name? Uh, the keyboardist, I think Nate Wilson is his name. Um, his his playing on this album is basically what made me want to get back into like focusing on keys as my primary instrument. Um, you know, it's he he's playing ripping it up on electric pianos, E three organ, and and uh, moogs and stuff. Um, he he does some some ripping kind of moog solos. Um, yeah, and, and so it's it's just this is just a, a kind of a great album, you know, start to finish.
1: Awesome. Um, down.
0: Yeah. It's so my last one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to you know, I want to I want to mix it up a bit to show the kind of <laughs> the, the range of stuff that I'm into. I guess. Like it's versatility. Um, <laughs> I want to show the range of jam bands that I'm into.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice.
0: But I mean like I said, like tool is, is also one of my favorite bands, so it's like it's not like a, a genre thing. It's just this is the stuff I was into kind of at that time. I did a uh um,
1: the beginning of forty six and two last night at a uh, at my gig.
0: Yeah. So i played to play some
1: tool and I'm like, you see that I'm a guy with an acoustic guitar, right? Like, <laughs>
0: cool. I think my brother and I once tried playing uh what's the song, H on acoustic. We came up with some arrangement for that, which was kind of cool. But um, nice. I, don't think, I, I don't think I can sing that.
1: <laughs> I like Maynard because um, it's so easy. It's just like you're either whispering or yelling.
0: <laughs> There's no. Yeah. Out. Yeah. But, um, so for my last one, I would do probably something from like Porcupine Tree, but I figure like your audience has probably heard about it, enough about I'm them. To be honest, from t- I don't
1: know that anyone has heard that much about them because.
0: Really? Yeah, oh.
1: Tom Woods hasn't been on yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you mm, should you should, wow. you
1: should put in a lobby for us.
0: Okay, I'll see what see what I can do.
1: You got some swag on um, the Tom Woods camp.
0: Yeah. Are you guys in the um in his like private Facebook group for the the creators or whatever? I th-
1: I'm not for the creators. I'm in his like okay. general private group, and I always think okay. about leaving because of because of the racism.
0: Oh, really? Is, is is that going on there? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, in and he's never been racist enough but there's definitely some of those right. types. Although one of the big ones yeah, yeah. did leave recently.
0: Yeah, that's good. <sighs> yeah, it's that's the thing. Like all of those, like, I, I, I try to get on Reddit every now and then just to just to like post something, and immediately. You get sworn by these these like race whatever they race realists or race and IQ people, and it's like God, guys, like really does does everything have to come down to this for you? I mean, one it's of the ridiculous. one of the first I think, I think the only comment we ever got on
1: uh Shoot was fraternizing with blacks disgusting.
0: <laughs> Jesus.
1: And I'm like. <laughs> And, and my natural inclination is to lean in on anyone who says shit to me, yeah. and so I yeah. just wanted to, like, go and take some graphic pictures of us fucking, and, like, put those <laughs> up, and just see how disgusting it truly is, and see if I could make <laughs> it throw up,
0: yeah. but it's uh-huh. probably
1: not the best decision, so I I, I yeah, chose the, chose not to.
0: There's probably a bit of a cost-benefit calculation there yeah. that you need to consider. Yeah,
1: right. I know, but <laughs> yeah. in the moment, my only my only thing is, how can I really fuck somebody up?
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, Alright, so my, my last one here... Oh, sorry. You know what? The Moonboot Lover album I was referring to, I've got it written down here, is Back on Earth. That's the one with oh, the nice. alien vacation back. Um, but that's... Not, I'm not going to use that because I've already mentioned them, so I want to use up one of my slots. Um, slots? So <laughs> so I was going to go with the Porcupine Tree And I would go with either it's like, Sort of In Absentia or Deadwing Would be probably the, uh, the the two for At least for a first time listener For them to get into um, But I'm going to go with something a little bit different Which is a band called OSI You ever heard of them? Uh, we actually
1: did one of their songs For the Freedom Song 365 Project
0: Cool Yeah so their album I think their we album, did the song
1: OSI
0: yeah, okay. Is, is that the uh, their their first album? I think it's called OSI or Office. Was it Office of Strategic Influence or something? I mean, it's
1: actually based um, off of a real thing, From what I understand.
0: Yeah. Um. um but that the first track on that album, the, I think it's called "The New Math." Yeah,
1: it sounds, sounds about right that,
0: like that, that track, you put that on and just crank it because it just rocks. Um, and it's it, again, it's got that kind of synth with the heavy guitars. It's, it, it's such a cool sound. Um, yeah, and that whole, that whole album is, is kind of cool like that, where they really mix up kind of the synths with the with the heavy guitars. Um, and, and actually, Stephen Wilson from Porcupine Tree sings on, on one track on that album as well. He
1: does. Yeah. Gen- well, I mean, in general, that band, OSI, was a bit of a super group anyways, because it was dudes yeah. from, I can't remember who it was to put it it's together. The, I but... think it's
0: the keyboardist from Dream Theater and the guitarist from Fate's Warning.
1: That sounds correct.
0: Um, which are both bands that I like I've never listened to. <laughs> and, and and again it's one of these things where like I you know I call myself a prog fan but um but there's all this this like canonical prog stuff that I've never actually gotten into. Yeah, but
1: I mean <laughs> you know? we actually have an episode that I haven't run yet. It's probably going to be a bonus show. We're, we had our buddy Trey in and we talked specifically yeah. about like we we did an episode uh, as a primer to prog. Yeah, and it's it's a little over an hour long, I think. And essentially, you get to the end of it, and you're like, "Huh, we got to do a second episode to talk about all the new stuff." Because <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. we focused on yes and Genesis and all that old yeah. prog, and we yeah. like we mentioned some of like the new animals as leaders and the more like metally prog. Yeah, but in general, we really didn't get too deep into modern prog at all, so we have to do a whole modern prog primer. Yeah.
0: yeah well i'll be listening for that one because i i have no clue what's out these days like (sighs) any of the new bands i can tell you now
1: honestly based on what you've stuff you've talked about that uh, we talked about them a while back um vola you should listen to their album is
0: that v-o-l-a yeah uh applause
1: from a distant crowd i I, it was Uh actually one of my picks a couple a couple months ago would have been right about been about Christmas or been even before that yeah I was in that, that um, but the record is just unbelievable and it, it, to me it's like 12 foot ninja meets porcupine tree <laughs> like it gets a little bit more into the medley guitar sound but, yeah. but the dude has this very very Scandinavian soft voice like huh. he he sings very melodically. It's not like an aggressive sound yeah. music. See,
0: that's what I think. That's why, like, I tried to listen to Dream Theater recently, and that, I think that's why I can't get into them. Is that sort of it's almost like that hair metal band sound. Like 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 the vocals are just kind of over the top, dramatic.
1: Yeah. No, this is the bad. exact it's opposite like of that.
0: Yeah. Um. Like, that's what like Porcupine trees like that. You know, they're, they're much more subtle with the vocals as well.
1: Yeah, and. Like, there's a moment where it's almost got like these Peter Gabriel notes in the way he sings some stuff that I really, really oh, liked. Yeah. And, and like, but, the, but you have that, and some of the music, it's this very, I won't say symphonic. Uh, what is the word? It's, uh, it's, what is the word I used for it when I was describing it to you, Liz? It's, almost, like, score to a movie. It's, oh, it's, it's yeah, cinematic. Uh, cinematic, yeah. The, the yeah, music okay. is very cinematic. And yeah. just really, really interesting. It has these, like, there's moments where it kicks in and it's just so moving and powerful. And, yeah. like, the way that the riff just comes, like, you put on a good set of headphones and you're going to get lost on the record. A lot yeah. of, uh, like, apparently I think they used to be a little bit more metal-oriented, and so a lot of mm-hmm. their fans kind of turned on them for that because it kind of yeah. they went more I won't say pop I will say they went more listenable yeah which personally I always think is a good choice I'm glad Mastodon went and got listenable too
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that, that's the thing with that stuff is like I can you know I, I some of this progress stuff I can appreciate okay this is a really technical thing I'm listening to here it, it's you know it's really really good in that sense but like it just doesn't grab me yeah you know and I've got to have that I've I've, got to have the the music's got to uh it's it's just got to give me something to kind of hang on to and want to go back to it um and and I think Porcupine Tree does a good job of of pulling that off um but yeah yeah some of these and and that's the thing with prog rock is it's an investment you know like if I'm going to get into some new prog rock band I'm gonna have to spend the time to sit down, and listen like to the whole album three or four times. Yes, there's no to point see if, listening to, to it even understand what is. the hell's going on, you know. <laughs> and it's, it's it's an investment, yeah. and it's like these days, it's like oh, you know, I could do that, or I could throw on some some Motown groove to it. You know, it's like, it's like what am I gonna do? Okay, um, I
1: generally go to the Motown, but.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that's I go through my phases days. like cuz
1: there was like a couple months where I was just like prog album after prog album on the show and then yeah. like up oh, I guess I'm out of my prog phase or there's not a lot of great <laughs> prog coming out on Bandcamp this week. Yeah. So let's listen to listen to this other stuff. Yep. Um but right on man. It's a it's a solid list. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, if, uh if you ever if if you ever get my brother on maybe he can uh, supplement it that that'll be the way we kind of cheat and get Get ten albums out of us. Well,
1: any, any, <laughs> anytime, your, anytime, your brother wants to come on, man, we'd love to have him yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, you want to go, We
1: got some last minute plugs here. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, sure. So, so um, the podcast is anarchitecture. What is it? Um, that's us, and then we're on we're on Twitter anarchitecture is for podcast. Um, we're on all the podcatchers, so if you just search for "an architecture" on any of the podcatchers, you should find us. Um, uh, the band website—I don't think I've mentioned it yet uh, in this episode. It's uh, diametricband.com, um, and it's it's a pretty basic website. You go on there, and, and you can just listen to all the music we've got. Um, we've got "Late to the Game," which is the live album that we did recently back in October, which is. Don't listen if you listen to that, and then you go like, "Oh, these guys are just sloppy." Like, please understand what that is. <laughs> like, that was literally—we haven't played in ten years. We got together for a three-hour practice session to learn six new songs, and then we played those songs for for a crowd. So it's it's a little bit sloppy, but uh, we we had a great time doing it, and, and I, I think the, uh, the the fun that we had comes through.
1: Nice, um, definitely, and then. Fun. Our,
0: yeah, yeah. And then our other album, uh, Cities of Sand, which is we recorded it back in like 2004, but we've never really released it. And so this is sort of our official release of that album now. That's really more of our our, our proper kind of produced album. Um, yeah, and, and that's got, I think, some of our, our best songwriting on there. Um, and then we've also got the album that we recorded. And I think we were just out of high school. We recorded the album with our, our high school band, which is called Function Junction. Which it's really the same band; it's only the our bass player who's who's changed. Um, and uh, so that's sort of the stu- the sound we had going through high school. That that's all we'll our original up. stuff high
1: school. Function Junction. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: we 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 have always struggled with band names. We, we had a, I think when we first started, we, we were going to call ourselves like Snipe. Which was like you know this mythical bird, um, and then we did the Function Junction, which was our name kind of throughout high school, just because we thought that was kind of funny. It was kind of a jam band kind of sound. Um,
1: I think Snipe then... is probably the best name I've heard so far that you've come up with. <laughs> yeah. Just for the record,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's bands out there. Like any simple name, there's got to be a band out there. Just, that. To
1: be, sure. just to be just to be clear, know. the dumbest band name ever
0: is Tool. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. I've, I've, I've got a better one for you. So after after uh, school. We we had a name the band contest. It wasn't actually a contest. It was a vote. We had a, it was a New Year's Eve party at my sister's house, and we said, "Okay, guys, we're gonna name the band vote." So everyone write a name down, put it in the hat, and then we'll pull them out, and everyone can vote on them. The one that won was "Tranny in Need of Danny."
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a great album title. <laughs>
0: Which, uh, it, you know, of, of course, because Tranny is a, a transformer, our friend Dan was an electrician, and so obviously this was about a transformer that was in need of repair by an electrician. Obviously, nice. that's what it was <laughs> yeah. Um But this was, we actually, you know, we had committed to it, so this was our band name for a while, but we, we worked out that it, it formed an acronym, which was Tino D, which sounded kind of cool. Um, so for a while, we called ourselves Tino D, um, but we... We kind of just got sick of that because it's kind of like... It's, uh, it sounds like Tenacious D and it's sort of a joke name. <laughs> like, so so we just recently came up with this diametric. Uh, and that's sort of a reference to the fact that we're on opposite ends of the earth. You know, so I'm going to be honest. I'm,
1: yes. I'm just going to start referring to you guys as Tranny in need of Danny.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I never should have let it out of the bag. Yeah, you there really you
1: shouldn't have because... I'm just going to tweet about it You're all the sorry. time. Now. I'm going to go and make fictional album covers for you guys. Yeah.
0: These see these days, it's like a, I don't even know these days if that, it's like an offensive thing. It's or incredibly if it's offensive, like a, and that's
1: part of the reason I it's love like
0: it—a a, a sort of tribute kind of thing. You know, like, like we're in support of of that whole movement. I don't know. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, we we decided like let's just skip the drama and, and we'll, we'll come up with something that's. You know, it sounds a bit more like a prog band, you know, diametric. You,
1: you, could, you, be, you could be famous, you know, and you're you're eschewing drama. <laughs> right. <laughs> they could be famous for drama or they could be famous yeah. for music.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, these days we'd be happy just just to be actually putting out music. Um, we're trying to set up something so that we can do some recording sort of, you know, opposite ends of the globe. Um, so we're trying to get my drummer set up with a bit of a recording rig. And then you know we can lay down like I can lay down something with the click track. Send it to him. He can do his drums. Send it back to me, um, and, and then I can do the mix downs. And uh, so we're hopefully, hoping to to do a bit of uh, you know midlife crisis work. And try to get uh, try to get a few more tracks uh, onto the uh, onto the the disc. Nice. Yeah. So uh, so that's that's pretty much where we're at with the uh, with the band. Awesome, um, and man. Then if, Whenever I get over there, we'll probably try to play something, you know, to, again. I don't know if we'll record it again, but <laughs> probably try to, you know, play some Motown, whatever's easy, have some good, have a good time doing it.
1: There you go. Nice. Yeah. All right, boss. It has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on.
0: Yeah. Thank you guys. It's been a good, been a good time. And, mm-hmm. uh, forward to, uh, to listening to, uh, future episodes of, uh, sounds like Liberty and, uh, you guys always, uh, you know, broaden my horizons with some new stuff to to check out. Now that I've got Spotify, I can actually kind of follow through on some of that. Nice,
1: right on. Well, make sure yeah. you subscribe to our playlist.
0: Yeah. So is that? It's what do you? Do? Is that like all the uh, the albums that get re- recommended? Or? No,
1: no. Um, the playlist is all the stuff that plays in the background of the show. Um, uh, okay. It's it's actually what I use. Like when I record the background audio, it'll. Uh, yeah. I just let that hit. Uh, what do you call it? play? Yeah, yeah. Um, But it's a lot of it's you know Actual libertarian musicians and stuff like that When I have a guest on that makes music I always ask them if they want to be put in there Yeah And if you guys get your stuff up on Spotify And you want to be put in there You're, you're always welcome
0: Yeah we'll have, to, we'll have to try it out Yeah we threw up the, the webpage we have We just threw that up in like a week Just because we wanted to get it somewhere no, he um, threw
1: it up in a week because you wanted to get on Tom Woods' show, and that's it. And <laughs> you got the Bluehost thing, and you're like, yeah. "Hey, Tom, I mean, we used to your thing." You know, and, and he, it's funny he like, when I uh,
0: you know, when I when I first contacted Tom Woods to, to sort of you know promote that that we wanted to be on the show, I sent him a list. I'm like, "Oh, you got to check out all these albums." I'm, I'm, I'm like, "Okay, so here's the stuff about about our, our podcast guy. Now here's the important stuff. Here's like you know five albums you got to check out." It was I think it was a lot of these ones that I've recommended to you guys. <laughs> Um. Yeah Nice So Right so I mean, on Who knows Maybe he'll come on And uh, he'll, he'll be listening To the same stuff I'm listening to
1: He's kind of said yes But like
0: Yeah in, I'm surprised in, You'd think You'd think he'd be Right up his alley Because he's He's so into music uh,
1: I don't know Like I I think it's really It's just beneath him like, <laughs> He always kind of Gives me like Very polite Brush offs Yeah yeah. He's Tom
0: Woods. He doesn't have to do I know, know and I
1: and I know, and I don't begrudge him for it. No. He, he's never said no. He did yeah. ask me who would want to listen to that. And all yeah. of us. And I'm he like, would, oh, uh, I want to listen to that. I do.
0: Yeah. I mean, because like, he'll do like a whole episode of his show about prog rock. Yes. It's like, come on, man. like why well, not? And my, and my ace in
1: the him. hole is that I had Bob Murphy on the show. I'm like, Bob came on. Yeah, you got to do? It. And, yeah. and, I don't think it actually did a whole lot for him that Bob was on the show. He, really
0: he didn't get the Sounds Like Liberty bump, huh? It's all right.
1: It's all right. Um, I mean, it, I, we, I spent money on some product, and that was one of the things I was supposed to get out of it. It took six months to get that.
0: I'm going to be honest.
1: I thought Tom was racist for a while just based off of the idea that he saw my wife was black in the video and didn't want to respond to my emails. I don't know. Yeah. I was a little distraught. Yeah. But no, eventually, eventually he pimped us out. And immediately after he yeah. pimped us out is when we started getting a lot of racist comments. So,
0: oh, jeez.
1: There yeah. is that. It is what it is.
0: Yeah, we've actually been pretty, like, we've been spared on, on, the, on the racist comments on our stuff. Well, we did Because we did this one series that was about, like, no, no, no. Yeah, so I guess maybe that's it. We, well, we did a series about, like, immigration, you know, the sort of roughly open borders argument. And we had a couple guys on there who were coming at it from the sort of Stefan Molyneux angle. Oh, what about race and IQ? And, da, da, da. and I'm like, I, re- I engage with one guy on a couple comments and I'm like, ah, not worth my time. No, you just <laughs> ask him what's like, their what's end the game. Point?
1: That's what like yeah. you do. What, what, what's the point yeah. of it? Okay. So it matters. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Are you going to not yeah. treat free people like free people? Well, then you're not a libertarian first off. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we still, we still have in the, in the plans, a third episode of that series. Uh, which will have a another probably another uh, song dedicated to that episode.
1: Are you, you going to um,
0: have Molyneux on? <laughs> yeah, and no, I, I don't. We might mention Molyneux in that episode. We've actually already we, we recorded like half of this episode two years ago when we did the original series, and then we got on to other stuff. We never got back to it, but it is sort of still in the back burner, and at some point we'll we'll do it. Mainly because we have this song idea that we want to do for it, <laughs> so we're going to do the episode just so we can like do this song. I'm, um, I'm like the really other one we did in this now. Yeah, so, so the other one was this James Bond spoof episode seven. If you listen to that, um, that's one that we got our dad to sing on. And uh, but yeah, this one, this one, I'm, I'm not going to reveal what it is, but uh, it's going to be pretty awesome whenever it comes out. So.
1: Well, based on what I've heard so far, I'm expecting greatness.
0: <laughs> Good
1: stuff. All right. Well, I have to get ready for another podcast record. So, it's been awesome having you on, boss. Thanks
0: a lot. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Cheers. Peace. All
1: right. See you later.